Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video teaching series, Our Motives from God's Perspective. This, this particular set of uh, our series of lessons is part one of the uh, consideration of the subject of Our Motives from God's Perspective, and this is lesson number five of part one. And... Uh, we are going to need to talk to us about some something that's uncomfortable today. Uh, we want to need to talk about hypocrisy. And here's a definition you may not have heard before, but by the end of this lesson, I believe you will accept the fact that biblically this is the definition. Hypocrisy is simply wrong motive. Hypocrisy is wrong motive. Uh, and the leaven of wrong motive, you, the Lord using leaven for that which is put into bread to cause it to rise, uh, he used it figuratively. The leaven of wrong motive is powerful enough to destroy us. So Luke chapter 12, verse 1. In the meantime, when they were gathered together, when there were gathered together an innumerable multiple multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Now the Greek word translated hypocrisy here, hypocrisy here in in Luke 12 and 1 means this. It means, uh, the Greek word means acting under a feigned part. And figuratively, it means deceit or hypocrisy. I want to read to you a little bit about the Pharisees, what Jesus said about the Pharisees, and uh, let you see wrong motive or hypocrisy in action. And you'll see in these verses, you'll see that wrong motive and hypocrisy are synonyms of one another. Matthew 23, 1. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not do after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. Right there is wrong motive. They make broad their phylacteries uh, and enlarge the borders of their garments. And, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called rabbi, rabbi. But be ye not called, be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ. All ye are brethren, and all ye are brethren. All ye are brethren. I have been very, this is just personal here, I've been very uncomfortable with the title bishop. I would prefer to be called brother. I've never been comfortable with, certainly not with the title reverend, and I'm not comfortable with the title pastor. 
and I'm not comfortable with the title bishop because while that title may represent a, a, a an authority uh, that God has entrusted in me and requires of me, it's not who I am. I, I remember I remember one day I was uh, in a situation and somebody was calling me bishop and bishop and bishop and and. It just I just thought to myself, I don't even have a name anymore. I used to be Chester, uh, and then to some I was Brother Wright, but since I've been called but since I've been made a bishop at God's insistence, which I had no desire for, another story for another time, uh that's what people call me, Bishop. Bishop. I got a name here, folks. <laughs> I got a name. And I appreciate the respect, but the respect isn't mine. There's only one bishop. First Peter 2.25 says, We have returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. He's the bishop. I'm not the bishop. I am a conduit for him to be a bishop through. But he's the bishop. I'm not. So uh, they, uh, uh, they love to be in call rabbi. But we're all brethren. Whatever my job may be, my responsibility in God may be, doesn't make me better than anybody. Sometimes it puts me in more peril than others. But it doesn't make me exalted. It doesn't make me better. It doesn't mean people should defer to me because we're all brethren. Now, I know there's some not going to like that. Too bad. Here's the book. (laughs) Here's the book. It says it right here. Matthew 23, 8, be not ye called rabbi for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. So I'll go on. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Now that's not the way men does it, is it? That's not the way men do it. It's not. No, no. Whoever's greatest needs to be exalted. No. According to Jesus, whoever's greatest needs to be the servant. And whoever shall exalt himself, God's going to abase him, shall be abased. And he that humble shall humble himself shall be exalted. There's motive right there. It's all about that. That's all about motive. Why am I called? Why? Why? Uh, why is it? I, why do I feel a certain way when somebody calls me something? Does God get the glory? I'm gonna tell you what. Every single day, I pray something along the line, Father, as your conduit for you as the bishop. I receive your grace to pray for these that you are the bishop of. I'm only a vessel. He's the treasure. The the vessel doesn't get the glory. The treasure does. He is the spirit that flows in ministry. Whatever it is, prayer or word or, or some kind of instruction or counsel or whatever it may be, I am just the conduit. I don't praise my phone because it, Brought me good news. The phone didn't do that. It was just a conduit. The news on the other end of the line, so to speak, we don't have lines anymore. On the other end of the line is either 
good or bad, but the phone is not, doesn't get the credit for the good, doesn't take the responsibility for the bad. I've got to see myself in that light. That's what it means. He that shall humble himself shall be exalted. I don't want to be exalted. I want him to be exalted. And if he's able to use me for him to be exalted, praise God for that. I don't want to be exalted. And I have a little, I'm being trying to be kind here, a little bit of distrust for those that I perceive want to be bragged about, want to be exalted, needs people to talk good about them. I love you, but I don't trust you. If you need people to brag on you, you need people to speak well of you. I love you, but I don't trust you. God loves you. He doesn't trust you either. But he can do something about it. I can. Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Next verse. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Now notice he's been talking about motive this whole time. And now he identifies it as hypocrisy. For ye shut up heaven, uh, the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that they that are entering in to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Well, he's already said why they do that. They do that so that men will see them pray, so that men will hear them pray, so that men will think them holy and spiritual. Not praying for God to hear. They're hearing for man to hear, praying for man to hear. Now, <laughs> thank God for speaking in tongues because I get to pray with people and they're not hearing what I'm praying. And I'm not doing the praying. I'm yielding the spirit of the Lord for the spirit of the Lord to, to do the praying through me, for me. And he gets all the credit for that. I can't do that. I can't do it. I love that. They didn't have that when this was written. <laughs> In the old, in, in the gospels when this was written. They make long prayers. He said, therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. What? From the outward appearance, everything they did was right. And they went, they went to the nth degree in it. They went beyond what the word of God said in being separated. They added to the word additional items and, and practices of separation that they considered separation. And he said, damnation? Why? Because their motive and spirit was wrong. Because if I'm separated because this is between me and Jesus, I'm holy because I have separated from and separated unto him. I'm not judging anybody else by that. As a pastor, I may have to deal with some things because those are symptoms of deeper stuff going on. But I'm not judging people. I'm not judging people because I can be required of God to have to deal with people for stuff that I may have struggled with myself in the past. So I can't look down their nose, my nose at them. I'm his conduit. He has a right to use me to do whatever the issue chooses me to, for me to do. But that doesn't mean I've never had a problem with it. 
That's why I can't take the credit and I can't judge them for it. Actually, it should make me more compassionate, more tender, more willing to show mercy rather than finding a way to bust their hides. Motive. I'm into busting hides. I'm into knocking heads with my words and my attitude. Motive. And it's not pleasing to God. It's not pleasing to God. Verse 15. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than you are. You're doing everything right from the outside. It looks right. But you're a child of hell. Woe unto you, verse 16, ye blind guides which say, whosoever shall swear by the temple is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. And whether you say, whosoever shall swear by the altar is nothing, but whosoever sweareth by the gift that is, that is upon it, uh, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth. Sanctifieth the gift. Uh, you say, whosoever therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it and by all things thereon. And whosoever shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it. And no, Jesus is saying this. Whosoever shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it. And by all things thereon. And whosoever that, that, whosoever shall swear by the temple sweareth by it and by him, uh, that dwelleth therein. And he that swear by heaven sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, very small, uh, herbs. Not even a crop, but herbs. Uh, not a grain crop or a bread. It's just the, the herbs to add into the bread. Uh, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you have, you to have done and not to leave the other undone. What, what is he saying here? They made a big show of paying tithes on just these small herbs. And yet had no clue about the weightier matters of the law, justice, or judgment, mercy, and faith. Motive. Their motive was to be seen. And their, their wrong motive proved they didn't comprehend judgment. And they didn't comprehend mercy. And they didn't comprehend faith. That's why it's called hypocrisy. Their motive was wrong. The reason they were doing what they were doing was wrong. Their why of what they were doing made what they were doing wrong. Even though... Much of what they were doing was the word of God. Jesus said it. You should have paid tithes of mint, anise, and cumin, but not left the other undone. Because if you'd have been doing the other, you wouldn't have been making a show of paying tithes of mint, anise, and cumin. A show. He said, ye blind guys which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make the Make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. That's one they kept they kept judging several places that talked about they asked Jesus, why do your disciples, when they come in, 
uh, to come in the house, not wash their hands, wash their feet, and wash w- w- whatever. Because they had been among sinners and they were supposed to wash to get all that, the cooties from the sinners off of them. Excuse that very old word. That's their attitude. Ooh, we've been sold by sinners. We got to get this off of us. Let me tell you something. They're not washing away that attitude they got. They're not washing away that spirit they've got. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one says, having therefore these promises dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So my holiness is not perfected if I'm only cleansing the outside, if I'm only separating the outside and not cleansing the spirit of wrong attitude and wrong motives. So he goes on. Verse 26, thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like the whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness, putrefaction. What a perfect, perfect mental image. Not a pleasant one, but a perfect one of hypocrisy and wrong motive. You make the outside look good. Jesus called it beautiful. The outside is beautiful. But it masks what's really going on in the inside. Jesus wants us to start inside and work our way outside. He wants our attitude right, our spirit right, our motives right, so that what we do is pleasing to him, not displeasing to him, and detrimental to us. Verse 28, Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And let me tell you something. Wrong motive is directly connected with iniquity. And what is iniquity? According to Jesus in Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23, iniquity, workers of iniquity, are those who do not do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, he said. So iniquity is not doing the will of God. It's doing my own will. Now, here's the way we justify that, see. <laughs> we, we, well, I go to church, and I, I dot the I's, cross the T's of separation, and I pay my tithes, and I obey my pastor, and then the rest of my life is mine to run. The rest of my life is mine to decide what to do with. Iniquity. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That doesn't mean on Sundays and midweek. That means 24-7. Because when I am not doing his will, I am doing my own. I am not just walking in iniquity. I'm walking in hypocrisy because I have wrong motives. What's the wrong motive? I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Bless me, Father. How how ludicrous is that? Bless me, Father. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. One more time, verse 28. Verse 27 or 28. 
Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like the whited sepulchres which appear uh, beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous and say, if if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which kill the prophets. Fill ye up the measure, uh, fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? What do you mean fill ye up the measure of the fathers? Because they were going to be the primary voice calling out for his crucifixion because he stood against everything that they stood for. But more than all of that, he pulled the cover off the subtlety of their wrong motives. He told everybody what they were really about. You, you've honored these people because they look righteous. They look separated, but they are not because their motives are wrong. Their motives are wrong. Their motives are wrong. Remember the subtlety of snakes, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. He just talked about how subtle they were in their proposing that they were righteous and yet living in here full of dead men's bones with all of their motives to be to make the outside look good to men. Now, Jesus said in the beginning of this lesson, he said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Let's just for clarity's sake, let's define what leaven is. According to dictionary.com, Leaven is a substance as yeast or baking powder that causes fermentation and expansion of dough or batter. Uh, it, an element that produces an altering or transforming influence. As a verb, leaven means to add leaven to an dough or batter and cause it to rise. So, it puts air in the bread. Without leaven, bread would be flat. Leaven causes it to be puffed up. The loaves of bread that many of us eat, the rolls that we eat, the hamburger buns we eat, they've all had something in them to make them rise. Otherwise, they'd have been flat. They are puffed up. Jesus said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. If you take what they do into yourself, it will cause you to be puffed up. The hypocrisy, the wrong motive that will lead to damnation. I know, I know, maybe you have or haven't heard this kind of stuff before, but the bottom line is, it's book. What are you going to do with the book? What am I going to do with the book? I've got to respond to the word. I've got to submit to the word. I've got to let the spirit of God, the word of God, the blood of Jesus, the grace of God, the conviction of God, the fear of the Lord, the mercy of God, cleanse me, purge me, get that out of me, and help me to have motive that's pleasing to God. Paul said in Galatians 5 and 9, 5, 5, chapter 5, verse 9, 
a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So leaven is the, is the sub, subtle, subversive desire to please men, to affect their opinion of me, of you. Leaven is especially repulsive to God. Jesus made it very clear it was repulsive to him, didn't he? So uh, when we use God, when we use God and his working in us as a means to try and influence people's opinion of us, no matter how noble or righteous our cause or the motive for our actions may seem to be, we're participating in hypocrisy. It doesn't matter how great the message appears to be or sounds to be. If the motive behind it and behind delivering it was to gain notoriety, was to impress man, it's repulsive to God. It's offensive to God. Even if he gave the word and even if we're speaking what he said, but we hijack the word and use the delivering of the word from God to affect people's opinion of ourselves. And we know that. We know that's the case today. Because men of God, too many men of God, edit, tone down God. Yeah. Tone it down. Let's tone down. Let's don't be offensive here. Oh, so Paul said, am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth because he was toning stuff down? I'm not talking about being harsh or mean. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But speaking the truth clearly, plainly, so people don't have a question of what you're trying to say, what God's trying to say, and saying in a way, no matter how kindly you kind you are in saying it, I can't say stuff, some things kind enough that they're not going to be offensive. Because the, if I say it like what God wanted me to say, people aren't going to like it. There have been some that haven't even made it this far in these videos so far because they don't like what I've said. I haven't been unkind. I've spoken the truth, but I haven't been unkind. Do I, as a man of God, have a, the right to edit what God is saying and how he wants to say it because of the negative effect it will have on me? Do I have a right to do that? I acknowledge I've paid the price many times for saying exactly what God gave me, exactly the way he said say it. People got upset. Do I regret it? What? what? Let's, let's ask the question correctly. Do I regret being submitted to God? And letting him say what he wanted to say, how he wanted to say it. I've had people say I was mean. It's not mean to tell the truth. It's not mean to tell your child the truth. It's not mean to tell your spouse the truth. We, we, we've got this new definition of love today. You tell people what they want to hear, that's love. You say what people, what people, need to hear but say it like they want to hear it. We call that love. That's a lie. It's hypocrisy. That's wrong motive. That's me editing God. People need to hear the truth. 
Somebody needs to go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John again and pay attention to the way Jesus talked. You want to accuse him of being mean? He wasn't mean. He spoke the truth. Whatever his father commanded him to say, he said. And he said it just like the father wanted it said. Because to not do so is wrong motive. (sighs) Obeying them that have the rule over us, those that are in authority over us by the gift of God and the calling of God, even when we do not personally understand all the reasons for their position, it's called submission. However, when we do any service to God or obey any doctrine for the purpose of pleasing or being accepted by our peers or making myself feel better about myself, it is called hypocrisy. The leaven of pleasing men must be purged out of our lives if we are to see the power of God working through us in all of his glory. And I close with these scriptures from Paul, 1 Corinthians 5, verses 6 through 8. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? When I let wrong motives stay in here, especially once God reveals to me my motive is wrong, and I don't repent and let him purge that motive out of me, I let it stay there. It spreads. It affects everything eventually. It changes everything. And it puts so much puff in. I rise. Like bread, I rise because of leaven. The puff is there. God help us. Paul said, next verse, Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. But even Christ our Passover, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. (laughs) The Logos, who was made flesh and dwelt among us, who came unto his own, his own received him not. Was in the world, the world was made by him, the world knew him not. He, he submitted himself and died in our place. The humility of that is incomprehensible. Paul concludes, therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, but with the leaven of but with the leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So the opposite opposite of being, of having leaven, of having wrong motive, hypocrisy, is sincerity and truth. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that God would give you and I the grace to not get defensive when God speaks to us but that we would be submitted to his word, to his spirit, and let him talk to us and reveal us to ourselves so that we can pray. The only sin God cannot forgive is a sin we will not repent of, that we will not confess. And we won't repent or confess of those things 
that we're not aware of. We need God to make us aware of those things in us that are not pleasing to him. We want to purge, Paul says, purge out the old leaven. Jesus' name, Father, purge out the leaven that's in us that's not pleasing to you. In the name of Jesus, start with me, Father. Purge out the leaven that's not pleasing to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by his name I bless you. Amen.